Hello, this is your host, Sonata Allison, and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast. So I want to do a quick reminder. We are doing bi-weekly episodes this year, okay? And maybe for the rest of our lives. So if you're wondering, like, Sonata, you didn't post last week or the week before the last week, Yes, that is intentional. Um, y'all are getting episodes bi-weekly um, because I have a, a lot of other things going on. Like I told you guys, I'm starting to work on the coaching business and I need time to do that. And I also just took on a different full-time job counseling. So your girl needs to have time to breathe in between things. And I think making things, no, I know making episodes bi-weekly has been really helpful with that. So it is bi-weekly, not every week. So Let's go into today's trending episodes. <laughs> Number one is Send Nudes, episode 36. Another episode is Welcome to the Parallel. So I appreciate you. Whoever is starting from the beginning, <laughs> you're real for that. I appreciate that. Um, also, that's where I kind of talk about how I started this podcast, why I started it. So I appreciate you listening to that. Um, next one is Same Sex Attracted Christians. Uh, one person listened to that and... I actually just did a, a TikTok on that, so that makes sense. And then the last one is episode 80, Beauty is a Gift. And Same-Sex Attracted Christians is episode 28. So that's what you guys are listening to right now. Let's see where our top listeners are at this week. All right. you oh UK! Listen, y'all came back. Oh, my gosh. I missed y'all. Okay. So America is the first one. Uh, United States uh north america um nigeria is second hello to my nigerian people and then uk is third y'all be listening okay i appreciate y'all and then zambia shout out to y'all um i don't know if you guys know this place but i was in monambao so i went there i was there for three um weeks and wow what a good time zambia was beautiful there's Germany, Australia, Barbados, and Canada. That is our top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, top eight. Alrighty, so as you guys can see, I will be talking to Corey and Kiana. <laughs> and they're newlyweds. They've literally only been married for three months at this time. And I think they're just a great example of what a Christ-led relationship looks like. And I want you guys to hear that and see that. And know that it exists. So we talked about a lot of different things about how they fell in love, about how they keep Christ centered um, and keep the relationship Christ centered, um, how they're able to abstain sexually, how that affected their relationship and how, you know, past sexual experiences has affected their relationship as well. Just an all around great conversation. And just a reminder that there are still good looking people, <laughs> men and men and women out there that love Jesus Um and you guys can be hopeful because of this couple. So, um, yeah, let's get right into it. All right. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? <laughs> Wonderful. God is good. Okay. Um, so, yes, now we can continue. Um, all right. So, when I have new people on the podcast, I usually ask them a question similar to this. And the question is, what is one thing that you believe about God to be true and why? Uh, I'll go first. Um, he's faithful. Uh, there's been so many different like disappointments from, you know, people, um, circumstances. And I think like all in all, the biggest, the biggest lesson in each of those experiences I've had is that one thing the Lord is, is, is faithful and constant, like just constant consistent faithful god yeah that's good yeah yeah she took my answer so i'll <laughs> probably you guys say, being one right the reason being is that um living a life as an unbeliever there are so many different things that we try to find um comfort in that we try to put our trust and our faith in um so many different things that we at times begin to idolize, sometimes unconsciously. And I think God always shows himself to not be on par with anything that we tend to measure him by, except mm -hmm. for his word and his faithfulness. And 
um, just his his nature, his perfect nature. So that's why I would say that, you know, to me, just God is the greatest. Yeah. And I think we us being humans, like we know that we cannot be con- completely consistent. So having a God that is that is like beautiful and yeah. what we need. Um, yeah. So, yeah, those are great answers. Um, awesome. So uh, I want to do some some fun little newlywed games. How long have you guys been married? We've been married since September 24th. September. Okay, cool. So less than three months. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you guys some questions. I'm not going to go mad. So as you, as you can see that. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys some questions. So we're going to do like a mini newlywed game. It's just three questions. But um, what is one of your like top pet peeves for each other? <laughs> we just did a video on <laughs> Um, yeah, go ahead, go first. Oh, how sweet of you. See, this is this is how women trick us. But um, <laughs> I would say one pet peeve of mine would probably be um, she's mom like in a sense where it's like I got it, but she still has to kind of always double check, and that's something that like we've learned about each other over time. Mm. Where it's it's rewarding in the sense of I know that's her love and her care being expressed. But then also learning each other still, being that we were engaged in June. So this is like, we can get into the timeline later. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. but that's, that's something that there's this constant and active learning process that we're both going through that I thoroughly enjoy. Mm. And I've learned that part of that is just her learning to trust me and me being able to appreciate um, her desire to see things you know, complete and follow through because, you know, a lot of people just let things go as is. So yeah, it's, it's a small pet peeve, but very rewarding. Wow. Look at you adding that, that pro in there. <laughs> hey, <yeah. Add> to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, and I mentioned this before, but um, Corey does all the dishes, right? Like I cook, he does dishes, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a tendency of like leaving, he doesn't like rinse out the dish before mm. he puts it in. Once he, once he puts it in the sink, so it's like it could leave room for it to like, you know, the food and stuff to get stuck on the dishes. So it's just like, <laughs> just rest on the dish, bro. He doesn't do that. But it's like he does the dishes. So I'm not really the one that has to deal with it anymore, really. So it's not really a big issue. But yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I'm a I'm a I'm a dish rinser, rinser as well. So yeah. See? I feel you. <laughs> Over time, you know, you got it hasn't even been a full year. So yeah. I'll check back next year. We'll see. Um, (laughs) So that was the first question. The next question is, um, what is an event in their life that you wish you were there for? Mm, I immediately thought of like the passing of your grandma. I was going to say your father. (laughs) Yeah, we're really in sync. Um, Because I just wish I was there. Like losing, losing someone that close to you. I know he's really close with, um his grandma and I was really close with my dad so like just knowing and learning how to love him now that we're like together I wish I was there to like be able to comfort him during that time because I feel like it would have not that like I don't think effective is the right word but I wish I was there to be a support Mm. yeah I would say her father as well and I think a lot of it just has to do with God's divine timing, because one thing that we learned in like premarital counseling and just kind of like reading a lot of books prior to us getting married was when you're dealing with grief, sometimes you try to become what the person lost. And I could never be her father. My responsibility to her is as a husband and not a father, even though I am her covering now. Those are two different distinct Um, opportunities that God gives us to be able to steward over who he has placed us in the care of. And I think looking from the outside in and not being in her life in that particular moment, I can't necessarily say that I would have tried to act like a father or not because I don't know. But Mm -hmm. now able to um, learn more about her, you know, post grief, and then also just being able to tend to, you know, her father's birthday or um, his passing date or Father's Day, things of that sort, where I can now know that as your husband, there's a way to be able to celebrate someone that I've never met before and how to do that properly without trying to become that particular individual. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is that was a very deep response. 
<laughs> that's beautiful. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, that's awesome that you're being intentional about, you know, being able to celebrate someone that you n- never met. So awesome. And my final question is, what is your favorite thing about each other? Um, Corey? It's going to be a long list. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing, like, Corey is very thoughtful and he's very observant. Um, to, like, to a fault where, like, he he doesn't, I'll get emotional when he does certain things for me. And it's been this way since the beginning. And he'll just look at me like I'm crazy, like, what's wrong with this? this is regular. I'm like, no, this is not regular. Like, a lot of guys don't think like this. Mm-hmm. So it means a lot. Um, but yeah, he's very thoughtful, very observant. Like he was asking me if I wanted water literally right before we started, he was asking me if I wanted water and I don't like cold water. Like I'm always <laughs> drinking room temperature water. So he went to get a room temperature water. I'm like, how you know I don't want cold water? He's like, you don't like, you don't like cold water and you don't like a lot of ice when you get drinks. So I'm just <laughs> like, okay. But he, that's just naturally who he is. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, yeah, I love about him. Uh, for you. I would say just like her heart to really serve the Lord. And usually sometimes that's something that you have to like press upon people to do. But to know that that is one way to show your gratification for salvation, just through your lifestyle and being able to honor God through serving other people. That was something that I picked up on her from afar. And I now have the ability to be able to uh, receive like her selflessness in a sense, but then also being able to serve with her because that was something for me as a man, you know, being relatively active and always trying to find opportunities to be able to serve. I know that that does take a lot of time from what may be quality time or things of that sort, but the fact that we can engage in quality time and serving Jesus and, you know, the people that he's called us, called us to serve, whether it be the body of Christ or the unbelieving world, that I can do that with her. That makes me love her that much greater. Mm. Look at you guys in love. <laughs> love this for you guys. Um, keep me in your prayers. Um, all right. So um, I already asked you guys how long you've been married. But tell us like a, a quick synopsis of the love story. You, you want to shoot at it? I'll do it. Um, <laughs> okay. So Corey and I are both in the same profession. We're both full-time content creators, influencers. Um, I started back in 2017. You started what, like 2019? I would say 20, 2018, 2019. Okay. So I had like a little bit longer of a time in doing it. Um, so we actually met and got acquainted through an influencer cohort class that was happening and taking place during um, COVID, like 2020 on yeah. Zoom. November 2020. Yeah, yeah, November 2020. So we he was like the only there's not a lot of like male influencers well around that time especially there wasn't a lot of male influencers that i was aware of so mm-hmm. i think he was the only man in the class so when he started talking and like you know giving his ele- elevator pitch i'm like oh let me check out his like content and i'm like oh it's like really really good and for him to have started that you know that um shortly like it was a short time frame from when he started and up until that point i was like his quality is usually is really good and that's usually not the case when you're first starting out so um, we followed each other and then like our friendship, which is strictly platonic, we would talk about like brand deals. I would help him out with like, you know, pitching, negotiations, all that stuff. And it wasn't until like May of 2021 where we were like actually talking and we made our intentions clear with one another. It's like, okay, we both already knew that we were dating with the intentions of marriage. Like that was our idea of like the next person that we were dating this would come up during our conversations just as friends. Um, but May was when we really got to the point where we're like, okay, we really like want to pursue one another in this way. And that's basically when our courtship started. Um, so that was in May. June, we met in person for the first time. Mm-hmm. Corey's originally from Philly. I'm from New York. So he planned a whole like date and stuff over the course of two days. Came to Brooklyn, New York. We like hung out um for like two days and stuff so that was the first time we met fast forward um september god led me to move to philly and you're just like you're moving to philly <laughs> so i moved to philly um so that was my like i moved to my apartment mm-hmm. we started premarital counseling december of 2021 mm-hmm. yep. we finished in like february of this year 2022 we got engaged 
a year to the day we met in person. So June of this year, we got engaged. We had already started planning our wedding, like right after premarital counseling. Okay. Um, but we, we didn't announce like our relationship to social until our engagement purposely. But so we met, I mean, we got engaged June 22, June, 2022. And then September we got married. So wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man. Yeah. There's so much to unpack in there. Oh, okay. So I guess my first question is, um, why did you guys intentionally keep it between the two of you until engagement? Um, I think because of our profession, it's like we had to define like, like borders and, and intentional kind of like, um, What's the word? Yeah, boundaries. That's the word I'm looking for. We had to like essentially just set boundaries for our relationship because there's layers to this. You have obviously close friends and family members. You have people that you may work with and you have church family and then you have social media where two, two different audiences are essentially used to having access to every single aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that we protected that because um, one, just first and foremost, like when you're preparing for marriage, this is a covenant created by God that he allows you to partake in. And that in itself is serious. And if we kind of allow social media to rule our marriage rather than social media be, you know, in addition to the way in which we show our marriage and, and share it with other people, when those two lines kind of cross at times, it can be it can become like a performative act in a sense, rather than us being happy, you know, building on the foundation of Jesus Christ, you know, loving each other as Christ loved the church and all these other different biblical principles that establish the way in which a husband's supposed to treat a wife and a wife's supposed to treat a husband and what our responsibility in that should be reflecting. Um, And just being like intentional again about that process. And when you're dealing with other people's opinions and thoughts and comments and DMs and things of that sort, it's always best to kind of step aside and really focus on what's what and being present. Like that's one of the biggest things that we've learned about with each other, even creating now where it's like, all right, this is, this is us time phones down, do not disturb, you know, we can create content. And that's something that's like even funny now when you see like a lot of couples content, we shoot certain scenes and then we put the stuff away and it's just me and her. And, mm-hmm. and that's that. But we had to learn how to be able to get to that point before oversharing our relationship when you're trying to build on the foundation of something that you're just now getting into. So that's yeah. really challenging. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, some people become characters on just on the Internet because they're not actually cultivating their relationship. So I think that is a great idea. I remember one time one of my friends just like popped up engaged and I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I kind of like that. You know what? <laughs> I like that because, you know, it's it's a lot when you put people out there and then you see him on the on uh, her page and then he's gone and then there's the next guy and then they're gone. And then, you know, it's like, dang, what is going on? So, yeah, I think and that I was. Mean, I want to add something to that, too, because a lot of people say, oh, God showed me X, Y and Z. So sometimes we make God look schizophrenic when there is one boyfriend or one mm. girlfriend we do it over and over and over and like this is an opportunity to really express our faith in the lord when he allows us to enter the covenant of marriage so that's one thing as well that being intentional about that process one we don't want to make god look like a liar because his word says i do not lie yeah and there's three qualities i do not lie i do not change and i will not deny myself so there are three qualities about god that sometimes we abuse and take advantage of because we're striving to be in a relationship so bad we overshare and then we have to repent for that mm-hmm. you know privately more important but also publicly as well because then that sometimes makes us look like the god that we believe in jesus christ a lot when if he didn't speak he ain't speak mm-hmm. so yeah and there's a lot of there's a lot of christians saying what god said you know <laughs> it's yeah, like did he really say that more. i don't know um another question i had where did it go Oh, so how did you guys keep it business for so long? You know, were you guys not what do you mean? initially attracted? <laughs> so, of course, Corey is like very handsome. That's very obvious. I didn't think he was. Um, <laughs> I didn't think he was interested in me. He mm-hmm. has like a really good poker. Um, and that was also one thing that really like stood out about him. 
Um, he was never like inappropriate, never made any advances. It was always like platonic and just straightforward. And that's how he conversed with other women as well. There wasn't any like flirting or comments. Like it wasn't anything like that. So just from that, I was able to witness like, okay, if this, I could trust this man, like mm. I can trust that he's not doing inappropriate stuff. Um, so from my end, I really didn't think he was interested because he didn't show that he was interested, but he was calculating and <laughs> throwing out bat, bat signals and stuff. Oh, my goodness, oh what were the signals, <laughs> Corey? Yeah, yeah. Enlighten us. <laughs> All I would do was let her know that I was around. Whether she responded or not was up to her. Oh, my but, God. You know, whenever I popped up to New York, I threw up the bat signal. <laughs> oh, you in my city? I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> That is great. But yeah, that's that's basically how um I didn't know he was there was well also we both were in like gray areas and other situations that we were in, um, talking to other people. So that played a part too. Mm. I didn't know it back then, but on my end, I'm just not the type of person that's going to like make a gray area for anybody else. So if I know that like things are kind of weird and I'm talking to someone right now I'm not going to bring somebody else into that like I'm going to make sure everything is like squared away with this situation so I can move forward accordingly and little did I know that he was doing the same so that also contributed to that okay so how did the initial conversation even happen then uh the initial conversation was actually because of the course that we were in and I was just trying to see if uh if, if she was getting what she paid for, because I didn't feel like I was getting what I was paid for in simpler terms. And we kind of conversed about that. And then also seeing that she had a bit more expertise in social media influencing and content creation than I did. Mm. I was like, well, let me ask her, you know, because I think maybe like two or three other people may have followed me. But I do recall seeing her in the class. And then there's also like a platform where you can kind of see who's in it and things of that sort. Mm. But that's when I reached out because I was like, I'm trying to make some money off of this, like working in the tourism industry, working with different hotel brands um, and also had made a little bit of money in the men's grooming area as well. And I'm like, some people are creating a whole entire lifestyle off of influencing. So if I see somebody that's currently active and also willing to invest in themselves to pay for a course or books or whatever you may have. Um, then I probably need to be asking that person questions. So that's how like my initial reaching out to her started because I was like, yeah, I saw her. I see that she's actively working towards expanding her brand. And this is someone that really cares about what they're doing. So mm-hmm. I was just like, let me let me find out. And it kind of just went from there. Look at the Lord working. Y'all had no clue. So so who um, communicated their intentions first then? I think I asked you, like, okay, what's going on? Like, what are you? <laughs> I think I said that. You love me or not? I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are your intentions? Um, because like there would be like little like you know hints or whatever that we would like we were interested in one another, but it wasn't really set out right. So I think I, I I was the one that was like, okay, well, what are your intentions of like you know we've been talking more often, more frequently now. So what like what is this? Mm-hmm. And he just made it very clear about like, okay, I want to pursue you in that way. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Just great. for the girls to hear that. She said he made it very clear that I want to pursue you. That's what yeah. she just said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure y'all heard that. Yeah. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Very important. Cause you're not going to put yourself out there. It says he, who, what? I was away. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what the book says. <laughs> that's great. Okay, so our awesome. So we got we got your love story, got some got the timeline timeline down. Um obviously being humans in the world, there is temptation and sex is one of those main things for humans re- uh, regardless of your religion, your background, whatever. So um how did you guys come to your own individual decisions um to become abstinent? Uh I can start first. I think started around like 2017 2018 where i was like really studying the word and i think that's one of the biggest things that sometimes depending on where you are in your walk 
and also distinguishing the difference between being like a churchgoer and an actual believer and having the Holy Spirit reside within you, like really distinguishing those two different expressions of our walks. And I think First uh, John chapter two, verse six is like a really good verse to kind of keep in mind where it talks about, you know, as a believer, we ought to walk as Jesus walked. So really beginning to study his character and having convictions that some things that I was partaking in as an unbeliever or as a church goer, where you get familiar with routine, are actually of God's intent and sex being like kind of one of the main ones. So I was dating someone at the time where I was just like, as good as this feels, like physically, spiritually, I'm not feeling this anymore. Mm. And that was a challenging conversation to have, especially with women, because even though I shared my conviction through God's word, you also have to deal with the physical aspect of, is it my body? Mm. Is it the sex? Is it, Mm. you know, am I ugly now? Am I gaining weight? Whatever the case may be and so many different things. And that's how you begin to see God's intent and his purpose for sex being in the context of marriage in comparison to sex outside of marriage, where you have the enemy showing his head when you decide to remove yourself from something that you shouldn't have even been doing in the first place. So I think that was probably one of the biggest things that took place in my personal walk with Christ, where I got I got saved for real. I was done with the church games and kind of just like going to church every Sunday, screaming and yelling, enjoying the music (laughs) in a a, a word of encouragement and sometimes a motivational speech, depending on what church you go to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then leaving from that charged up and then being flat through the rest of the week Mm -hmm. because my actual fellowship and communion with Christ was not present because I hadn't given my life to him yet. So after that, it really just became a matter of serving and becoming intentional about, okay, what does discipleship look like? When when we look at the back end of uh, Matthew and it talks about go and make disciples, like what is a disciple? Learning what that is, going to a church where I'm actively being discipled now, where you're put in a position where you see the word lived out, you're responsible for carrying it out yourself and being held accountable to God first and other great men around you, and then just serving the body of Christ as he calls us to do. So that would be kind of my journey to um, and I, I prefer not to use the word abstinence. I just, okay. I just call it holiness. That's what, that's how God be holy. Cause I'm holy. And, you know, when I think about, um, living that lifestyle, it's just holiness. Cause that's the way that God calls us to live. Yeah. You know, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> How am I supposed to respond after that? No. <laughs> no, um, you got it. You got it. <laughs> mine, my journey with it started, um, I want to say 2017 too, which is insane because you said 2017. Um, yeah. So wait, did you say 2017? No, it was 20, 2018, 2018, 2019. I think I heard 2017 okay. too. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was, I was on my Damascus road. I was getting there. I wasn't there yet. <laughs> wow. Praise God. <laughs> um, yeah. My name is like 2017, but it was a result from like, just bad relationships. So I feel like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of God's going, going to allow you to keep going through lessons until you get it. So it's like repeating the grade, you keep getting left back until (laughs) you, you know, grade. Um, so that's like it was with me and like my intimate relationships. And it was just like, I was always getting hurt, always getting disappointed. And then, um, in 2017, I ended up like breaking up with the person I was with and, it was just like, I was at the point where I'm like, all right, God, like clearly looking back, I have not done this right. And I want to do it right. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep going through this hurt and this pain. Let me like take this time to really start developing my relationship with you, um, get to know who you are and just focus on that aspect. Um, So that's when I just, I was like, okay, I'm not having sex with anybody. I don't want to date anybody. I don't want, I don't want anybody. And that's just my husband. Like that was, that's what I told God. So I'm like, I'm not trying to entertain nobody. And um, within those relationships that I was in, I never really took the time to like really be single and like focus on learning who I was. Um, So that time, like from 2017 up until when I met Corey, I was literally like learning who Kiana was, who Kiana was in God, what God wanted Kiana to do, um, what, what 
your walk should be like and just like refining all of that. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like sometimes we depend on people to um, show us what love is and like love us instead of looking to God and experiencing his love. So um, one thing I was able to recognize in Corey was how he loved me was so similar to how I feel God loves me. Come on. How God, well, how God loves me. So That's it was beautiful. Like, it was easily recognizable because it was like, okay, this is how, this is how, this is what I feel when, you know, when I was just by myself with the Lord mm. and it was just like, it was form. So it's like, I'm able to recognize this because of that relationship I, I, you know, established with the Lord and just my walk um, with that. So like literally the best decision I've ever made. Everybody was like, oh, it's four years. Like that's such a long time. I'm like, think about it that way because mm-hmm. it was like once you start telling people like oh I'm not having sex with you they're like oh, okay that's cool and then you don't hear from them again so it <laughs> weeds out people that you don't want around you anyway who aren't in alignment with what God wants for you so for sure. it just it just made it very very um very very clear as to who wasn't supposed to be with me <laughs> yeah so yeah. yeah and I think that that's a beautiful point you made about um the love feeling similar because that's literally what it's supposed to be. Like that is so yeah. beautiful that um, you took the time to spend time with Christ um, and get to know him. And then now you're obviously under the covering yeah. of someone who should look like Christ on earth. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think a lot of girls may find themselves in relationships that are not going to work because they're called to something bigger and they're, they're settling in, in on their journey. If that makes sense. Yeah. So they're yeah. kind of they're you're stopping too soon. So you're you're going to continue to grow past him if you mm-hmm. stay with this person. So I think that was a great point. You know, being single, getting to know yourself, getting to know Christ, and then being ready for someone who can actually love you like Christ. That's beautiful. Like God is so cool. How he just does. He just compared everything's just so cool compared to how our relationship with Christ is and the relationship, the romantic relationship he allows us to be in yeah. on Earth. So yeah beautiful oh man that was so good I'm, i need the people that like that's so good um but yeah so i'm gonna go back a little bit so what do you guys think you were taught i guess um from mentors or from church um or even like uh your caregivers caregivers in the home about sex nada <laughs> <laughs> um i think like you have well parents I don't really recall having ever having a conversation with my parents about sex, mm. um, which is, or even like in church where I feel like you should be having those conversations. And that's like so dangerous because as a child going to school every day, it's like parents don't think about it. I don't know if they do, but it's like, you don't want to, you don't want your child being taught the wrong thing to do. And that's more than likely what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also it not being discussed in the churches I was going to growing up, I feel like in a lot of churches it's like shied away from, and it shouldn't be because it's like, if the church isn't addressing sex, who else is going to address it? It's going to be the world. And that's not, that's not the standard of God. So it's like, how else are children supposed to learn about the right way to go about sex and just, you know, waiting until marriage and all that stuff, especially if it's not being depicted as often mm-hmm. um, in the community, it's like, oh, I'm just doing what everybody else does. And this yep. seems right, what I see. And it's like, that's, that wasn't, you know, that was basically the case. Um, mm-hmm. I had to learn on my own. And I'm grateful because eventually I got it right. But it's like, what if I never really came to that point of, you know, wanting to get it right. Right. Or even having access to that information could have been a lot later. Right. So, yeah, I would say for me, um, my mom is a Christian and she she never necessarily verbally expressed like sex because I think she believed that that was a conversation for a man to have with a boy. And my father is present in my life. But one thing that I can say that my mom did a great job of was I never saw a man in my house that wasn't supposed to be in my house. Mm. Being raised in a single parent home, there was a standard for a God fearing woman in her singleness that I saw every single day. That's awesome. So, even though it wasn't necessarily expressed to me verbally, because I believe we had our first conversation about sex in college, um, that through her lifestyle, she lived a great testimony. It still does to this day, which I'm extremely grateful for. The conversation with my father, I think this was before my freshman year of college, which 
pushed me at like 2011, 2012. He, was, he threw me a pack of condoms and he was like, <laughs> watch your movies and read your books. Oh, and gosh. we got back in the car and went back to whatever we was doing. And that is crazy. <laughs> I love my dad. My dad is an amazing really man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, anytime I call him, he's there. Anytime I need him, he's there. Every sporting event, et cetera. My father mm-hmm. was present. Um, but that was probably the nature of the conversations that I had. And then like um, Kiana shared as well, I think just growing up in the church and especially in the black church, um, because that's, you know, our frame of reference for, for a majority of both of our lives really yeah. was that there was predominantly way more women in the church than there were men. Mm-hmm. And Majority of those women were probably single. So I was never familiar even with seeing a whole lot of like, let alone marriages, Christian marriages within my own family, because I never attended a wedding until I was about 25 years old. Oh, wow. Um, There were a couple of married couples in my church, um, one who we actually spoke with during our premarital counseling session where we had to interview them, the Richardsons. I grew up with their kids and I saw every time I went to their house what a God-fearing husband and a wife look like together mm. and raising three God-fearing children who two of them are married and one is in California working with the 49ers. Oh. Um, but like that was something that I, I kind of saw there. But then transitioning into other churches, women, 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 women. So I, I rarely ever saw the depiction of Christ and his church through marriage based yeah. upon a lot of the churches that I attended and just the way in which our community, you know, like the plague that we're going through, and that's the absence of the man through the home. So, mm-hmm. or in the home. And, and that was kind of something, again, just growing up, we didn't necessarily have access to. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it's a lack of knowledge to people. It's kind of like the blind leading the blind. People are just doing, they're just looking around and seeing like everybody else is doing it. Um, and that's happening mm-hmm. in the church as well. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, just don't tell anybody that you're doing it. And then, you know, your, your uh, youth group member gets pregnant and it's like, Oh snap. <laughs> then, then they address it, you know? Um, and I think a lot of parents are very uncomfortable with the sex talk and they also don't know what to say, what not to say, um, when to say it. Um, so it's just a lot of fear that plays a huge role in it. And then people just end up having to figure it out for themselves like you guys have. So, mm-hmm. um, this is why I created this podcast because I just want people to get this information before they have to figure it out for themselves. Um, so because you guys figured out for yourselves, what would you say the difference is now being in marriage and doing it under the covenant of marriage? Um, but, and premarital, what's the difference for you guys? Difference in in sex. Having so sex. having sex premarital. Yeah. And then in marriage, what's the, what's been the difference for you? No guilt. Because I think there was still like underlying, like, even though it's like, okay, you're in the world, you're still like, you know, partaking in it. It's like, oh, this feels good. But like being a Christian, it's like, I still know that this ain't really the right thing I'm supposed to be doing. It's like, oh, this is the familiarity of it. So it's like, oh, it it becomes less, you know, concerning Mm -hmm. in your mind. I think like repetition diminishes the expression of conviction in your life. So it's For like sure. that first time that you have sex is kind of like you're you're like shaking in your boots on the way to our house. You know, you may have been flirting in the text messages and all that stuff like that. But, you know, when you take that ride, it's kind of like I really shouldn't be going there. Mm. And then you do it and it's kind of like, oh, that felt good. Whatever. And you're done. The second time is kind of like, I know I shouldn't be doing it, but it also felt good. One more time ain't going to hurt. And then after the second time, third time, you ain't even thinking about it anymore. You on the way to the crib, you got your best drawers on, whatever. <laughs> like I'm that's dead. how quickly like, we immediately get into that frame of mind where we lose our sense of conviction. Yeah. And then you get to the point where you don't even recognize yourself anymore because you've, you know, habitually walked in sin for an extended period of time where you lose your sense of conviction. And I think now um, there is like great joy that I think we both have in having sex now as a married couple, where it's like, you know, even though we didn't get it all the way right, when we got right with God, that he put conviction in us to know that, hey, I've established the covenant of marriage. And part of that is being able to have sex. That is not the foundation of our marriage by any means. And, and this is kind of like the the renewing of our mind. 
that takes process in this mm -hmm. and, and allowing our love to now be expressed in another way, which is through sex, where prior to us getting married and as you asked in like premarital, um, our premarital season was kind of like, all right, how else can I love her? Does that look like um, making flowers for her? Does that look like taking her on dates? Does that look like knowing what her favorite candy is? Does that look like setting up a picnic, going on walks, et cetera, finding other different ways where now you're forced to be intentional about your expression of love and choosing to do that with a means which won't end to sex until you experience the covenant of marriage. So I think it made me become also more creative in my expression of loving her, having to listen better, having yeah. to be present because sex now isn't how we like reform our relationship if and we don't we don't have arguments we never have an argument but like if we have a discussion where we haven't come to a resolve sex is not the solution yeah. mm -hmm. now after we have a resolve based upon the standard of god's word for our lifestyle and then we have sex after that boom cool but it's not like we don't know how to talk through things i'm gonna have sex wake up the next morning like nothing happened so i think just being able to understand the purpose and the intent of why God created sex is like vastly different and leading up to that in the premarital season, really learning how to love someone without physical intimacy and then physical intimacy in the covenant of marriage now becomes a cherry on top. Yeah. Just to add to his point, um, I remember like in, in our season of like courtship and stuff, because I, I don't care what anybody says, it's different being <laughs> learning through like your singleness and intentionally being single and stuff and like healing and all of that. And then applying everything that you've grown through in that season when you're actually in a relationship, because mm. all you have to compare that season with is what you've been through prior. So it's like in my past relationships before Corey, obviously it was like, okay, the way that I'm used to being, I'm I'm used to love being expressed is through sexual desire in certain aspects. Um, not all the time, right? But like that was like a main component. That's off the table. So it's like if like being honest, we had to have conversations and I'm like, I don't I, I feel a way about certain things because this is what I'm used to and this is where we had to be like really transparent with one another, like, okay, well I know that's obviously sex is not on the table for us because we're waiting until marriage. So this is this is what I'm working through and understanding that there's more to our relationship and like really coming to terms with that of like how to, how you can express your love for me and how I can, you know, accept that love without it being sexually, um, it being attached to like something sexual. Um, there's another point that you said I wanted, like I wanted to piggyback on. Um, while you're thinking, yeah, while you're thinking, I'm going to say this too, because yeah, I think it's awesome that you were just saying that. Like um, I usually felt love through sex. And I, that's the point I was going to make as well. Love equals sex a lot of the time outside of the Christian world. Like um, if he loves me, he's going to try to uh, make me feel sexually desired. Um, so that's a great yeah. point that you said that you guys had to sit down and talk about that and just be like, Hey, this is how I'm used to feeling loved. Not that you're not loving me well, but we need to find other ways that I can still yep. know that I'm loved by you. Yep. Um, it came and then it left. Ah! <laughs> Um, it has it has something to do with the point that you were making too, though. Um, oh, I thought okay. I think also like after we started having sex, because you're so used to like that little bit of conviction before, like before you know you really start committing yourself to the Lord and you're saved, saved. It's like that conviction that you feel prior to like okay, I know this isn't good, but I'm doing it anyway you have like a stigma as to like sex being wrong in a sense, because it's like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Also, it's not talked about in church. So it's like, sex is just like bad. It's not really of God. Right. And then when you read your Bible, it's like, no, sex out of the context of marriage is, is bad. You're supposed to do it in the context of marriage. So it's like re renewing your mind in that sense or allowing the Lord to renew your mind in that sense of like, okay, sex is good. Like I'm supposed to have sex, supposed to be with my husband. It's supposed, it's like a good thing. It's a great thing, and that's nothing that we should feel shy about. Um, yeah, that was just like one thing that I think took some adjusting to because it's like okay, certain things that 
you know, you talk about that you should express to your husband about like, okay, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. That's kind of like, uh, I don't know if I should talk about that because it's regarding sex, but it's like, no, you're married. So it should definitely be discussed. Yeah. And I think, (laughs) I think that's the thing too. Like, um, wow, you're forgetting things and now I'm forgetting things. (laughs) Um, oh yes. Yeah. So basically I was going to say, I think that's why sex is meant for marriage to, and to stay in marriage and to never be outside of marriage, because now this good thing that you know is good in your brain, it still feels wrong. So this is why the Lord wants it only to be in that space. So yeah, I think that's a good point. So also, so you guys prepared for marriage in that way where you were, um, being holy, um, sexually, <laughs> Um, so what are some other ways that you guys prepared to be like a husband and to be a wife? Um, I, I think it's important for people to know also that it's like all that stuff, like, like to your question, it does not start right. Like when you get married, like being a wife or like preparing all that is going to start or it should start before. Before, right. Um, the, just the mentally, cause it's like, okay, if you were to wait and not like, not be as selfish, just after you say I do, it's like everything's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. It's, it's just crazy. So I think um, mainly premarital counseling helped a lot Yeah. because um, our pastor recommended books for us to read. And those books were like <laughs> amazing. I saw Vody's book um, on Corey's t- TikTok. I'm like, that's a wonderful book. I tell my, my listeners to listen to, to read that book. I can't remember how to say it, but basically like what a man should be. Before it's Vody, what a man should be to marry my daughter, or something like that. Oh, yeah, I read it. Yeah, I read that a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good book. But sorry, continue. Yeah, it's like those books helped us a lot because it helps you look at marriage from the perspective of um, the Bible and like realizing that it has literally like nothing to do with you, it's just something that God allows Mm. you to partake in. Like, wow, it should be glorifying God. So once like that hit me, I'm just like, it ain't about like it ain't about me. Like me getting added to a Corey, it's like the Lord's gonna convict you like that, even like even quicker, just because it's like you know what you're supposed to be abiding by. Like you know what a wife is according mm-hmm. to the Bible and the acting. So it's like that helped a lot in just like realizing, okay, this is what marriage is, this is how I am. So this is how I'm I should be like the standard for a wife according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, counseling helped. Yeah, I would say in addition to that, like we come, well, we're currently at like a really great church, which I think is like very, very important where we do like verse by verse teaching and a sound doctrine. Like, Same, praise God. I'm, I'm happy for y'all. That's not, that's hard to find out there. Legit, <laughs> legit our church is like 15, 20 minutes of worship the word we close with a song boom you're done and it's like there's no theatrics there's no um unbiblical practices because like as you as you kind of like grow to understand sound doctrine and the intent of certain practices whether it be like speaking in tongues or like the holy spirit and how the holy spirit manifests itself and different things of that sort that are sometimes taken out of context in church that they take your eyes off of everything and or take your eyes also take your eyes off of Jesus, really, because you're yep. so focused on everything else. Mm-hmm. I think that was like really important for me because I changed churches during the pandemic in 2020. And it's funny because our current pastor actually knew my mom and I had met him in middle school and he was walking around her school building when she was a principal and was like praying. Wow. And I was just like, is there any way if there's any way that I can be able to serve, you know, your school, just feel free to let me know. And the big thing that a lot of churches mess up on is the absence of discipleship. And that was something where there was like intentional time that my pastor was was meeting with me on, on a mass amount of occasions. And it's more so like a father and son relationship rather than just like a pastor, a pastor and sheep. Where of course there are boundaries and standards that he's responsible for abiding by as a leader. But when it came to spending time with me, you know, purchasing me over like 20 or 30 books easy, um, teaching me about discipleship, 
like always asking me like if I had the freedom to serve and then also my willingness to commit to that process. Because I think first Corinthians chapter seven, where it talks about in our season of singleness, we're responsible to be wholeheartedly committed to God. And then when we're married, our interests now become divided between our, our wife and God. That verse but always makes me sad. <laughs> we're, we're now serving God through the way in which we treat our wife. Mm. So in my singleness, I was being discipled and I was already serving. So these were things that took my mind off of where's my wife, where's my wife, where's yeah. my wife. And then when she came alongside in the midst of me already doing things that God had called me to do in my season of singleness, it all just fell into like, like the perfect mixture in a sense, because I wasn't prematurely seeking something that I may have not been ready for. And that's mm, where a lot yeah. of people get in trouble. So I think changing churches, discipleship, and serving the Lord were three of like the biggest things that took place um, in our premarital season. And then being able to also our church has like a lot of married couples, yeah. young married couples, um, a couple with children as well. So like that being our new normal now, where it's not just like, all right, well, all my friends are single mm -hmm. or some of my friends are having sex with their wives or whatever the case may be, or excuse me, with their girlfriends or just anybody like that was something now that has changed. Like God really reformed our standard and allowed mm. us to experience the manifestation of his word through other people's lives. And that's been a tremendous blessing. Yeah. That's good. That's all very good. <laughs> People, they're going to enjoy this. Okay. This is a great episode. <laughs> um, so, uh, man, this, it's just so rare to have people like you guys like, ah, oh, where is everyone? It's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're at your church and they're at my church. Um, well, they're not at my church. I don't know any men at my church. Um, but anyways, in addition to that, what has been like your biggest adjustment in marriage, preparing the way that you have and, you know, coming into it and still having to adjust? Like what has been the biggest adjustment? Hmm. Living with each other. Yeah. <laughs> with each other. Um, literally. And like, we all know that the devil hates marriage, right? Like he hates it. So literally, it was like, Corey and I laugh about it now, but back then we were not laughing. Um, <laughs> when we came home from our honeymoon, it was like that first week, that was like our first week of living living together because we left right after our wedding. Um, and it was just like, the enemy just like attacked like right <laughs> away. And we started the book, um, What Did You Expect? Who was that by? By Paul David Tripp. Uh, what did you Love expect? Him. Like redeeming the realities of marriage. And that is like, it was the so perfect so book to read if you're coming so off the high of the wedding and the honeymoon. Okay. Like as soon as we got settled, we were like, oh, like <laughs> we're, on, we're, we're not at Cabo yeah, anymore. It was, it was you know, insane. we're not wearing the, the tux in the, in the wedding gown. Like, nah, this is this real life. And it happened real quick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, so, like little things we would like, because we've never... We've never obviously lived with one another. So it was like little, you're with this person literally all day. You're seeing them all day, majority of the time. So it's like little things that you're recognizing that, that they're doing that you don't normally do in a mm -hmm. certain way. So it's like, no, it's supposed to be done this way or I do it this way. And it's just like, okay, but we live together. It's not really that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So looking back on it now, it's like that, that was like the major adjustment. Um, like I said, uh, I feel like I tried to implement the the changes of like certain things and adjusting to certain things before we actually got married. So it wouldn't be too much of a change. Um, I think Corey did that as well. We both did a good job of just like setting boundaries with um, our friends and um, just anybody really in terms of like, okay, I have this to do with my fiance or my, you know, my husband um, I have this to do with my wife or I, I'm not as available as I, I used to be because this is my main priority. Mm. Um, I think it's crazy because everybody says like, oh, once you get married, like you understand or like, you know, I'm married. And it's just like, no, you really do have a different sense of understanding once you're married as mm. to like how you're supposed to maneuver and operate because um, you're just ignorant to it because you're not married and you, you haven't gone through it yet. But um, I think the biggest thing was like, realizing and coming to terms with like okay Corey is my immediate family now like mm. doesn't mean that you love your family any less but this is like my priority because he's my husband and um I'm his wife so it's like a different 
tier of responsibility and just like not that you know I think he's I'm better than anybody else because I'm married like not coming from that sense but it's just like my priorities have changed I'm adjusting to learning how to be a wife how to you know properly serve and be you know be there for him it's like it's a lot to take hold of and just adjusting to people transitioning to that frame of thought and getting used to you you know being in that mindset as well um so yeah I think that started kind of before marriage but definitely like hit harder once we were married yeah Yeah. and I would say for me like really seeing if I understood God's word because I think some of us have a lot of knowledge and we prematurely believe that we've come to an understanding of what it means to to like die for your wife or Mm. like what actually means and all of these things are like the blessing of marriage that a lot of people don't discuss. Like discuss, it's all about like the pictures, or the house, or the cars, you know, and all all those different things that kind of get lost in it. But I think, like she said, that first week was kind of like a test of my understanding. Mm. Like, and that's why the Bible says, "And all you're getting, get an understanding." And it was just like me being placed in situations where I think going back to serving and being something that both of us did in our singleness. Something that God was showing me was like, if you have the capacity to be able to serve people that you may or may not ever see again, then through this testing, you must love your wife even to that greater extent, because now she's an immediate reflection of how I treat her. And when I think about that as well, and this goes back to the book that we shared, What Do You Expect? by um, Paul David Tripp. He was talking about how if we're vertically out of sync, we can't fix that on a horizontal level. So anytime that there's the absence of my fellowship and communion with God. I am going to get an immediate response from this sweet lady here next to me, <laughs> you know, and thinking where it's like, oh, well, why is she acting like that? There's probably something that I may or may not have done to her that has been the cause of the response that she's giving me. And I think really growing to the point of like understanding the fruit of the spirit or just um, Ephesians chapter five or first Peter chapter three, verse seven, or um, you know, some of the different men throughout the word of God that were, you know, living by a certain standard. And when the Holy Spirit used these these common men to be able to write divine scripture, that there was a reason for that. And sometimes we don't gather the full understanding of scripture until we go through seasons where we have to be able to apply it. So for I sure. think that was the biggest adjustment that took place was really in my mind and really in my heart to say, Corey, you still need to work on that and actually be praying spiritual prayers where it's like, instead of praying for you know us, us moving into the house, Lord, I'm praying for stewardship or Lord, I'm praying for you know my character or I'm praying for the way in which you call for me to express love to my wife, like the adjustment in my prayer life, my study life, um, and being able to understand that I don't actually understand the way in which I thought I understood mm. and that I need the Holy Spirit to work through me to get to the point where I can now express my understanding through the way in which I treat my wife. So yeah, yeah. that was like very important. Yeah, that's really good. And I think everything you guys are kind of talking about right now is what cohabitating steals from you because you're kind of learning these things and then you're also not committing to that person. So you can leave anytime you want to. They make one, you know, the, the 17th bad mistake and then you're out of there. So you guys have yeah. made yeah. the commitment first, like Christ does with us. Um, not knowing what will come and well, he knows what's going to come, but in a, on our level, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but we're making a commitment and you are getting sanctified through being in relationship with each other. So that's why I think marriage Absolutely. is just so beautiful. Like, uh, it's just so cool. The, um, comparison to Christ in, in the church. So, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes so, we appreciate it a little bit later too. That's one thing about sanctification. You may not like enduring it, but once you experience the fruit of it, then you're like, all right, okay. Lord, you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Like I always tell people conviction hurts so good. Um, so my last question, what do you guys want to tell like newlyweds? What is like your best advice you could tell them for someone who's in a season that you're in right now or soon to be? Um, when you come off that high, it's, and like you have like your first disagreement or whatever, or you're not seeing eye to eye once you guys like start living together or whatever the case may be. It doesn't mean that the marriage is bad or that you made a mistake. It's just adjustments taking place and refining and 
getting used to this new stage and this new chapter of your life. Um, I think this was something that I had to grow through and like Corey was really, really patient with me with, um, was just like, whenever we would have a disagreement or we would see like, we weren't seeing eye to eye on certain things during our courtship. In the very beginning, I was, whenever something went wrong, I'm like, okay, this is the end. Like, he's going to definitely leave. Like, this is, this is it. Mm. Um, so he was very patient and like reassuring when I explained to him, like, okay, this is what I'm used to. Um, he's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. So like with marriage, obviously you have that covenant. We're both like, it's literally, we're not going anywhere. And like the enemy would try to lie to you and be like, okay, like you see, like you see what's happening right now. Mm. This is not not what marriage is. Like he's going to lie to you, um, to try to like, you know, make you doubt what the Lord has already approved of. So it's like, just don't believe in the lie. Just remembering, you know, the vows that you took and the promise, the promises of God and just remaining true to knowing like, okay, this is, this is not something that I put together. Um, this is not something that, you know, I decided to do. This is all the Lord. And it's, it's this is just some, you know, adjusting right now that we're going through, but it doesn't mean that we made a mistake. Hmm. I would say, I want to make this message specifically for the guys. Cause I think it's important. a great idea. And I think, I think the women will benefit from it, but um, being accountable to God is like the most important thing that you can do. Cause I think sometimes we, desire to place the responsibility of accountability to other people Mm. and being that people fluctuate all the time because we're you know imperfect human beings with feelings therefore one day you might be feeling it one day you may not but the standard of god doesn't change and when i think about um just entering the covenant of marriage and looking at the responsibility like i look at adam in genesis when he said oh this woman that you gave me you know regardless of her influence in his life he was still held accountable in the marriage for the conduct of his wife in a sense. And that accountability has to start personally with God before you enter the covenant of marriage. And for women, you should be seeking a man that is actively expressing his accountability to God first and foremost, because just because you're in a relationship and I don't care if you're married or whatever, if that man is not accountable to God, and you get married to him, that will not change. He needs to have convictions about God's word, about Jesus Christ and the standard, the unwavering standard that God calls us to abide by, by Christians that we should be actively in pursuit of by the day. Because when Joshua says, as for me and my household, we will serve serve the Lord. That was a statement that he was making first to God. And then for those following him, the, the wife that he now covered and, and his children and things of that sort, and kind of thinking about it in that context where that must begin before the marriage even starts, mm-hmm. you know. So as a newlywed, set that standard. Pray with your wife, have devotionals with your wife, um, serve with each other, um, attend church, surround yourself with young Christian couples, do these things, take advantage of the resources. Um, that God gives to us in abundance. And most importantly, pray that God leads you to a church that teaches sound doctrine and that holds um, everyone to a biblical standard because those things do pour over into your home. Um, And then eventually when you have children, their first sense of understanding God comes through the way that the parents treat each other. So all of that, you know, is a part of a, a man first and foremost, holding himself accountable to the standard that God sets for us leading his family in that, and then continuing to um, insulate himself with the the body of Christ that allows him to just continue to function as God, who, as God has called that man to function. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. All those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all good. There's nothing for me to add to it. You know what I'm saying? That's just good stuff. Um, and I just want to like give you guys your flowers because I was reading a verse recently. I can't remember what it was, but it was talking about how like we can take pride in, in obedience. And I think you guys are a example of that. Like you guys are obedient um, in your relationship with Christ. And it's evident in the romantic relationship that you guys have found in each other. And I think this can be hope for people who are looking for a man of God and, and people who are looking for a woman of God. So I'm really grateful that you guys came on the podcast today and just show people that it's out there. You know, I need to be reminded as well. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank so, um, where can the people find you guys? 
uh, YouTube because we share a joint YouTube. It's called Until Eternity, um, Corey and Keeks. So we have a couple of different videos up there talking about um, our wedding. We didn't drink alcohol and didn't have any dancing or anything of that sort. So I think that's very important for Christian couples to um, watch as their testimony is important to the unbelievers that will be attending their wedding and people getting married. Um, but her social is Keeks, K-E-E-K-Z.co on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. Uh, mine is C-L-H Green, G-R-E-E-N-E on Instagram and TikTok. Um, we have and, a couple's TikTok that's until eternity. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. And as you guys know, you can follow me at the Perlopod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, remember to speak the truth in love, kiss the sun, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.